If you have your Bibles and will turn with me, I will direct your attention for a few moments this morning to the book of Luke, chapter 18. Luke, the 18th chapter. And I'm going to read one verse, verse number 32. And most of you are familiar. Once you get there, you will know it right away. Three short, simple words. But oh, what a message. Oh, what a message. Luke 18.32 simply reads like this. Remember Lot's wife. And everybody said amen. Luke 18 or uh, 17.32. I'm sorry. Luke 17.32. Amen. Remember Lot's wife. Turn to your neighbor and say remember. Amen. Remember Lot's wife. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It's amazing to me that the Lord knows exactly what to say to get our attention. He knows exactly what to say to turn our eyes in a different direction. In the discourse of Luke chapter 17, the Lord is discussing with his disciples the signs of the end of time, the coming of his kingdom. And he gives them a number of things to observe and consider. He talks to them about the times and about how all of it is going to wrap up. He discusses with them the day in which the Lord will come. He said it will be like the days of Noah, the days of Noah. The days of Noah, they were eating and drinking and giving in marriage. It was a very prosperous time. Everybody was enjoying success. Prosperity was abounding. And it was in that kind of atmosphere that the Lord said he would come. I wonder sometimes if that is not God's last call. God as he is, is a God of mercy. And God always moves in mercy before judgment comes. And so before, uh, before the end of all things, he said there was going to be a time of prosperity. They were eating and drinking and giving in marriage until the day that Noah went in. He even referred to the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. Most of us, when we hear those two words, do not connotate with them what the prophet Ezekiel or Jeremiah did. But when they wrote about Sodom and Gomorrah, they didn't write about how immoral and illicit the world was, but how prosperous they had become. He said, these are the sins of thy sister Sodom, pride and abundance of bread, idleness, and so forth. And so again, it was a time of great prosperity. And in the midst of this discourse about the end of time, Jesus drops this sobering statement, a statement that when you read it, stops you 
it makes you pause for a moment and consider what in the world is he talking about? Remember Lot's wife. So soon and so sudden, her disappearance from the stage of history. She only appears long enough to disappear. She is like a specter rising from the earth and moving slowly across our field of vision and then suddenly vanishing away. Hence her history and her story is all focused in a single point at a single time. And that was the last or the end. It has no beginning. It has no middle. All it is is an ending. And oh, what an ending. It is of utmost importance this morning that we understand that of all the characters of Scripture that Jesus could have called upon for us to remember, of all of the great and heroic characters of Old Testament times that Jesus could have referred to at this moment, it is significant that he would call upon us to remember a nameless woman. A woman who is only known as Lot's wife. And yet he calls us to remember her. To me, that is staggering, and that is a startling statement. What is there about her that is so important to remember? What, what is there about Lot's wife that is worthy of my consideration and for me to reflect upon? In three words, he points to one who illustrates a powerful and a significant message and she serves as a catalyst for our thoughts, for she was on her way out when tragedy struck. And so Jesus takes her life and he takes her act and he uses it as a caution, as an awakening, as an alerting, as a stirring of the mind and the soul to what indecision can do in a person's life. What should we remember about Lot's wife? What is her message to our church this morning? First of all, I believe her message is simply this. People will be lost. People will be lost. As contrary as that is to popular belief, and not everybody in our world believes that anymore, but it is simply stated in the concise words of our text that not everybody will be saved. In spite of all the warnings and in spite of all of the efforts to save her and in spite of the opportunity that she had to be saved, she was ultimately lost. Some will be lost. Some perhaps even among us, fearful and as dreadful as that may seem, it is true that some will be lost. Number two, her message tells me that delay of any kind is disastrous. What we need is a promptness in our spirit 
And that ought to be the order of the day. And God's word should still have meaning and sway in our life. What is tragic to me as a pastor and what I often struggle with standing here in this pulpit is how carelessly many of us regard the word of God and how frivolous it is handled at times as if it meant nothing but She tells me that God's word means something. And when God says something, you better believe what God said. And you better act upon what God said. Because though he may delay, he will not always linger. Amen. She tells me that God is going to save everybody he can. Everybody he can. He's going to take out of the city all that will come. Sometimes we wonder about the destiny of people. Who's going to be saved and who will be lost. I don't know. And I'm not going to stand here and tell you that I know who's going to be saved or who's going to be lost. This I do know. No one will be lost in the end who is willing to be saved. No one. No one that wants out will be left behind. Nobody that wants to go to a better place will be left in this horrible place. And she was lost because of a mixture of things in her life and ultimately a disobedience in going back into the city that she was told to escape from. I have come to tell somebody here this morning that God will save everybody He can. He will save everybody in this building that He can. But ultimately, whether I am saved or lost is going to depend on what I do and how I respond to the Word of God that comes into my life. Whether I believe that word or I don't believe that word Whether I receive that word or I don't receive that word God's going to save everybody he can I don't know about you but it will be worth everything to be saved Amen When she could have been when, When this woman should have been going out She was going back I wonder how many are going back today Going back to an old life, going back to an old attitude, going back to an old way. Her life speaks loudly against the weakness of purpose that often finds itself exemplified in the lives of people. Undecided in mind is a dangerous place to live. Not knowing whether you want to be in or whether you want to be out. We couldn't make up our mind whether she wanted to belong or not belong. And so she witnesses to me this morning that when I should have been going out, when I should have been leaving some things behind, I was too busy going back into that world that God was trying to get me out of, trying to save something back there that cannot be saved. She was going back when she should have been going on. That's what we need to remember this morning. We live in an hour when a lot of people are going back. 
And they are turning around and walking away from precepts and principles that have guided their lives all along the way. And Lot's wife is a living testimony this morning that you better keep your eyes focused on the right thing. You better remember who's calling you. You better remember you're not serving me. You're serving the Lord. You're not doing this to please somebody up here. You're doing this to please Him. And we need to make sure that our eyes stay focused on Him and Him alone and allow that to draw us out of this world and draw us into His very presence. She is a witness this morning to those who would be going back. The Bible speaks about those that return, those that go back once the Lord has brought them back out of a world of wickedness and they go back to those things. The Bible speaks of it in the grossest of terms. It said that's like a dog returning to his own vomit. When you go back and pick up things that God has delivered you from, they will get a hold on you that's seven times stronger than the hold they had on you before. That's why you better keep your eyes on Him. You better lift your eyes and say, Lord, I want to see you and you alone because I want to get out of this world. I want to make it out of this horrible and tragic place. And somebody said, Amen. Lot's wife reminds us that you can go a long way and still be lost. You can go a long way and still be lost. She was outside the city. She was on her way to safety when she turned. The Bible says she looked back. The original indicates she went back. I don't know. Whatever the case, I know this. Nobody ever goes back without looking back. Amen. Nobody ever goes back without looking back. So if you're looking back, you better be careful because it's not long until... You will go back. And so she witnesses to me this morning that you can go a long way. You know, I've thought about all of my life. I've tried to live for God. And I've thought about how long it's been. The other day I was I didn't realize that I'm, I'm as old as I am. I've been trying to serve the Lord for a long, long time. A long time. And I will tell you that the last... Five years of my spiritual life have been the most challenging years of my entire walk with God. I've had more things come against me and more things challenge me in the last five years than I've ever had in all the previous years of serving the Lord. And some of you know what I'm talking about. The last few years have been the hardest for you to stay focused, the hardest for you to really give God everything, the hardest for you to lay yourself before the Lord and stay humble and, 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 and get pride out and keep pride. We wrestle with those things. But the last few years, the other day I was walking through here and I thought, Lord, it would be a tragic thing. It would be a tragic thing for me to have lived this long for you. And now in these closing hours of my life and even this world's life, me turn around and walk away. What do I have to go back to? 
do? What is there back there that's better than what God has given me? What is there back there that's more important than what is right here? What a tragedy it would be for me to come this far and then stumble over something insignificant and something that doesn't matter and lose out with God because of some petty thing. What a tragedy. Outside the city, but looking back, you can go a long way and still be lost. She tells me that one can be lost in spite of the best efforts of heaven and those around them. Did you hear me? You can be lost and everybody around you grabbing for you, pulling on you. You can be lost and all of heaven trying to get you out. Angels sent. Messengers from heaven come. All that heaven could do was not enough. That's a terrible thing to think, but it's a truth. All that heaven could do, no matter the angels that were involved. All the prayers that could have been prayed. You know, I don't know how many prayers have been prayed for me, but I know there's been a bunch. I mean, a lot of prayers that have gone up for me. My mother, my grandmother that I didn't know, that prayed for grandchildren that she wouldn't know, my dad, my pastor, how many other people have through the years prayed for me that I would keep the faith, that I would hold on, that I would walk on with God. All of the prayers that could be prayed and all the tears that could be shed were not enough to hold her from going back. What a tragedy, but a truth that one could be lost in spite of all of the efforts that heaven can do. And I close with this. A person can be lost and be connected to the right people. A person can be lost and be connected to the right people because being connected to the right people isn't enough. Amen. Lot, whatever you want to say about Lot, when Peter wrote about him, called him righteous. Said righteous Lot was vexed day by day. Now you can belittle him, we can berate him, we can do all that has been done to denigrate his life, but the fact is when Peter remembered him, Peter said righteous Lot, just Lot a man of uprightness. And so she was connected to that. She was associated with that. What I'm trying to say is that you can be in the right place and you can be among the right people and still be lost because being with the right place and being connected to the right people isn't going to save you. The only salvation that I am going to have is being obedient to the word of God and going whatever anybody else does and whatever anybody else says, I'm following the Lord. I've got my ears open 
and my spirit is in tune with him. And no matter what anybody else says, I've made up my mind. I'm going all the way. I don't care. You can forsake me. You can abandon me. You can decide that this world is better than you really think it is or whatever. But I've decided a long time ago. I've gone too far in my journey to go back now. And I'm not going to lose out in this hour. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. Stand with me if you will. She was lost because she had the wrong thing in her heart. How true it is of a lot of people that are lost today. The reason that they're lost is because they've got the wrong thing in their heart. She looked back and then she went back. What's in the secret chambers of our hearts this morning? What is in the secret chambers of our heart that possesses us and that poses the greatest risk to our life. I don't know what it was back there. I've read all kind of commentaries and speculations. I don't know what it was. Whatever it was, it was just it was just a symbol of her heart. It was where her heart was. What holds you to this present world? What lures you to come back? Whatever it is, whatever it is, hear me this morning. Let it go. Let it go. It's not worth it. It's not worth it.